Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at UH1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm John McEnroe. I'm Bjorn Borg. This is Martina Navratilova. I'm Mats Wilander. I'm Stan Wawrinka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. I'm Andy Murray. And you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Left a load of half cooked sardines in my oven. Oh. Oh, I don't yeah. know what happens if you par par bake sardines. I see. <laughs> and on that note, let's say hello to Catherine Whitaker. She's back, folks. She's got the half cooked sardines in the oven, and yet she's hot footed it over to Wimbledon. And we sit here on a picnic table overlooking court number 18 uh, with the sun starting to set because we've had a pretty full day of tennis Novak Djokovic has just put in the finishing touches to his I would assume inevitable victory over Dennis Kudler he was five love up at one stage Kudler's made it respectable um, and uh, yeah Djokovic is closing in how are you doing Catherine? Very well thanks my, my big return has turned out to be rather more heavy in sardine content than Anticipated. I intended. Right. Well, you know, if you do, if you will say things when I've turned the mics on, that's what happens. How are you doing, Matt? Very well, thank you. Have we had a good day? Yes, another good day. I feel like this half of the draw has become sort of more interesting than I was expecting. Isn't it to. that weird? You know, because there's not on paper as much in it and yet we've had five set epics we've had shocks on both days so far uh it started today with Stan Wawrinka going out from a position of supremacy two sets to one up against uh Riley Opelka who took great exception to being asked uh, whether he's six foot 11 or seven foot he said I've been asked that 150 times yeah he did as Zverev Yes, um, and he wouldn't answer the question, which really annoyed me. But apparently he has adjusted it this year. He says he's grown since he was last measured. Therefore, it's a legitimate question, mate. Yeah, well, I think if you will set the cat amongst the pigeons like I that. S- I still want to know what it is. <laughs> is he seven foot? Can we just say that? I believe he's officially listed as six foot 11, but he has on the record said this year that he thinks he's grown since he was last measured for that. Okay, seven foot it is then. Okay, right, we don't need to ask you anymore, Riley. Done. Uh, so he's through and he's beaten Stan Wawrinka in, in five sets. It v- was... Wawrinka is never going to win the career slam, is he? It's not I mean, happening. He'll be doing well to get into week two one year, <laughs> the way it's going. Uh, he's, I love Stan Wawrinka. I mean, I love watching him play, but he's really sort of grown on me as a person because he's got such a human side and he's not afraid to sort of poke fun at himself. And, and yet he, and he kind of just knows here doesn't really matter what he does and he's tried everything he can think of it's not happening yeah i i'm i'm a huge fan of his of, of his tennis obviously i mean i don't understand how you couldn't be a fan of his tennis really but of him off the court as well his frankness i think it was in his oh no it wasn't in his interview with vuk at queens it was in his um 
appeal to Andy Murray to be his doubles partner at Wimbledon. He said, don't pick me, I'm rubbish on grass. <laughs> I love that. And then I look at his Instagram and I think, what is going on here? It's very active, isn't it? It's, He's getting quite it's creative. It's definitely a, a vibe he's chosen. And yeah. There's a lot of coffee content. There's a lot of sort of him dressed as the village people <laughs> content with yeah. arty filters. He's definitely and got into it. This emo um, quotes. We're suddenly being surrounded by... We are by in the queue, We are guys. suddenly in the queue for court one. Yeah, court one. <laughs> is this court one returns or is yeah. it just to get in? Um, What's going it's on returns. Court one at the it's moment? the resale queue for court number one. I think Kudamatova. Oh no, hold on. Do you know what? It's they're moving no. Coco Goth <gasps> over there because the the matches have gone so long on court number two because of Stan Wawrinka's five set epic. Uh, that's what's happened, and so she hasn't started yet, the 15-year-old, uh, as we come to you. And so, yeah, people are just lining Henman Hill past the picnic tables up to court number 18, and we're getting stared at. It is amazing how much the story of Coco Goff has translated, I think, and transcended tennis because you know we're all tennis people that are following tennis all year round and I thought Coco Goff was a great story on Monday among lots of really big interesting stories and but in terms of you know wider coverage BBC coverage newspaper coverage pretty much everything all of those other stories Sitsipas, Zverev, Asaka even Mm. just are completely eclipsed Mm. by Coco Goff. Tennis has been waiting for one of these hasn't it because you you don't really get 15 year olds doing this anymore that's that's the big thing it just there was a time when it was venus coming along and doing it and martina hingis and and all of these other players like jennifer capriati going back further uh miranda lucic and and actually i read a long article in the new york times today about the the rules the age eligibility eligibility rules on the WTA tour and how they restrict the number of events that players of this sort of age can play and her father um, Corey was was saying that he would like to see those rules relaxed his view was that it puts too much of a premium on the events that she can play and ends up creating more tension as a result in order for her to actually make any progress so Quite interesting. I mean, he's, he, he said that he has studied all of the other prodigies since she was the age of seven to try to learn from the mistakes made. I mean, it does sound as though he's very concerned about her welfare, obviously, I mean, it's, which is the number one thing you want to hear from, from a, a tennis parent is that, they, is that they care about the welfare of their kid. And, and he's studied the Capriatis and all these players and, and Venus and Serena and tried to learn the lessons to, to help her along. Yeah, uh, look, I think that's a really, really um, detailed, nuanced debate about the uh, age eligibility rules. And I, I think, you know, I can understand why her father feels that way. And maybe they do seem a bit outmoded or unnecessary in her particular case. But what if she didn't have such a sound support structure and you know down-to-earth parents around her you know you you would be so open to exploitation i think and we know how much of that that there is around so uh, on balance i think it's it's the lesser of of the evils yeah and she's going to get to play enough and anisimova was apparently on tennis channel today saying that she's in favor of the rule as it is just with concerns over overplaying and health so it's very much, as you said, there's, there's that nuanced debate that can be had and you can fall on either side of it, I think. 
Mm, yeah. So anyway, she's about to play. I don't know whether she's going to win or not. We'll see. Uh, you'll know by the time you listen to this. Probably, probably going to play under the court one roof, isn't she? Yeah, probably is because as, as we look up into the sky, it's bright blue sky, but the sun is setting. It is going to get dark before that match ends. And, um, and it was used yesterday, the court one roof. Oh, uh, really? Just, just after yes. we were saying how it probably would, wouldn't get used all tournament, it was used for light for the con- for, to con- to finish off risk against Vekic. I didn't which, know that. In which risk? completed a, a comeback victory. I think mm. she was a, a breakdown in the decider. That's a good win. It's one, Big of those, win yeah. it's one of those first rounds where you feel like if there was a seeding formula as there has been on grass in the past for the women, that wouldn't have been a first round because they're both so good on this surface. Mm. I can tell you where else there isn't a seeding formula. Mixed doubles. Right, Why? Andy Murray and Serena Williams are unseeded. In fact, yes, that, just in case you've been living in a cave for the last 24 hours, uh, Andy Murray and Serena Williams are playing mixed doubles together, which we, which we missed out on bringing you by 10 minutes last night. Which Simona Halep said she only found out today about that. Maybe she went to bed really early what? yesterday or somehow managed to miss that news yesterday. I found out from my mum. Did you? She was the first person to tell me. She must have been like... Sat refreshing Twitter. That is a dereliction of duty on our part, really, isn't <laughs> yeah, I it? Would we, say we, so, yeah. we we send immediate tennis news <laughs> into our group. Don't In fact, we? I think I kind of found out from you uh, via your mum there, right? There you go. Because yeah. you were hooping was, and hollering. Again, it's another marker of how much this story, this whole saga, this like reality TV esque saga of Andy Murray and the mixed doubles, has translated um, across tennis lines mm. is, is traversed tennis lines I mean this is I mean obviously it could all be a massive damp squib they lose first round to these two people I've not particularly heard of <laughs> one of them won the the um, men's doubles at the uh, French Open so I have sort of vaguely heard of him but I, in all honesty I've not heard of his his partner they're no. both German it could all be a big damp squib but if it pans out the way we're all sort of predicting that's going to be the biggest show in town. It's pretty cool, uh, on paper, it's certainly. It's the absolute coolest. It's the best thing it's just... to happen in ages. <laughs> you too, yeah, look at you. I'm like so, so into it. <laughs> you seem less into it. Well, I, having predicted it would happen about oh. two weeks ago, oh. I was sort of, you know, go. I just oh. assumed it would. Uh, but you don't seem to be taking my view on that as if it happened. Uh, it's going to... It, I feel like we've not given it the superlatives it deserves. No, it's, uh, it's it, look, it's seismic. It, it's very cool, and, and actually, kind of cool because so many big names have lost today again, and therefore we could do it a bit of um, stardust, which they will help us provide. I mean, tomorrow we'll go on to the order of play later, but tomorrow is just crazy because there isn't really room for Andy Murray to play doubles on a massive show court because there are so many other players in action, and yet. Uh, Andy Murray is going to be playing his first round doubles match with Pierre Hugo Bear. Uh, let's just look at the rest of the day first before we get into all that. We started, what I mentioned with Vavrinka. I also covered a bit of Heather Watson, who played a decent first set against Annette Contivate and then lost in straight sets. The big story, really, we've been concentrating on a five live today has been Kyle Edmund, who led Fernando Vadasco 6 4, 6 4, 3 love. And he lost in five sets. Now, 
hats off to Fernando Vadasco, who Marian Bartoli told us this very moving story on air about how she'd walked past Vadasco sitting in the car park in Australia on the floor for an hour and a half with his wife crying after he'd lost in five sets against Marin Cilic having had match points. And this was his turn to exact a come-from-behind win. It was his 47th five-set match. Incredible number. He's now won 25 and lost 22. So he's been around the block, 35 years of age, 65th consecutive Grand Slam tournament. But the story isn't really Fernando Verasco today. He, he played well, but Kyle Edmund was doing a, a thoroughly professional, grown-up job of beating him at his own game. He was knocking him off the court. He was two sets up. He was three love up with, with a breaker serve. And then he, had a, he did have a, a slip, and it seemed to really jolt him. He still had uh, points for a 4-1 lead at 40 love when he was 3-1 up. But then he just, it was just like watching this balloon deflating in front of your very eyes. And really, Edmund, in the words of John McEnroe on TV, blew it. Um, that was put to him in the press conference. Obviously, it's a pretty tough thing to hear, and he, he brushed it off at the end of the press conference. But I, f- I did feel we went into that press conference looking for answers. We came out with the answer that he's not injured. I, we assumed initially he's injured, but I did notice when the trainer actually came on, he didn't do anything. The doctor came on and put, I think, something like three salt tablets or something like that into his water bottle um, as if he was just losing hydration or cramping or something like that but it was a very unusual looking loss and yet one that has become a little familiar in the career of Kyle Edmund what did you two think? I think whenever I watch Edmund I kind of just are left wanting more from him sort of whether that be his actual game, which I do think lacks a little bit of variety still, or his sort of approach to the game, I think he's very often on sort of one level, sort of energy-wise. And we, we spoke about this at Queen's, this kind of thing of sort of faking it until you make it. And there's, there's not a lot of that with Carl Edmund. And I think he just, he just needs to show, show something, show his opponent something as much as anything. Um, and you know, Vadasco now has played both British. He's played British number ones at Wimbledon, and he was obviously two sets up on Murray six years ago and lost. And he was two sets down on Edmund and won. And that's a stat which probably tells you more about the opponents he was facing rather than Vadasco himself. You know, if, if you're Murray was two sets down, you never felt like he was out of a match. Edmund two sets down as as his stat show he's always out of a match and even at two sets up you don't necessarily have the confidence that he's going to close it out yeah I mean I know <laughs> I am a I'm a cynic but he's he's two sets three love up and when he got broken back I thought he's losing this wow um, and look I could e- I could easily have been wrong there are other universes in which Kyle Edmund didn't lose that much but but the fact that I thought that and it was plausible and turned out to be right is 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 a worry i think mm. um i he's he's a tough watch at the moment not tennis wise i mean actually tennis wise um 
I, I, I found his backhand a bit of a revelation today. Hmm. He was hitting hitting so well off the it backhand. Is, it a lot has really winners. improved his backhand. Yeah, isn't it? T- tennis wise, he's got nothing to be down about at all. I agree. His game doesn't have the variety of some. He could perhaps do with looking into that. Um, but, you know, nuts and bolts, forehands, backhands. He did nothing wrong he, today, tennis-wise. He's absolutely he, he, fine. He was the better player, tennis-wise, today, for whatever reason. And he admitted this himself, that he was not fresh in sets, well, two and a half, three, <laughs> four, five, that he was in the first two and a half sets. He just wasn't the same... Uh, a competitor out there, and and it really, and he, it I, really, it, it obviously seemed to bother him. But but he couldn't really tell us why that was. He, he kept saying, "I need to do, I need to, I need to get better at this." I think competitor is the right word. Oh my gosh, incoming dogs! Yeah, the uh, guard dogs, the explosive search dogs, are wandering around, and they're doing their job and looking cute at the same time. And Catherine suddenly lost interest in the podcast completely. <laughs> we have lost Catherine. Yeah. Okay, Matt. So what should we talk dogs. about? <laughs> um, She's back. Oh, good. Um, oh, they're working, All so right, I can't Catherine. pet them. They've gone oh, now. So frustrating. Out of reach. Um, what? To, what was I saying? I think competitor is exactly the right word. That's what's missing. Sometimes. Sometimes a, a lot of professional tennis players, and I glaze over a bit because you hear it so much, it's become a cliche. They talk about how much they love to compete. You know, it's not about winning and losing. It's not about forehands and backhands. I just want to compete. I just want to know that I've competed. And Andy Murray talked about it at Queen's. You know, I think someone asked him, what have you missed the most? And he said, competing. I've missed being a competitive animal on the court. And I don't see a competitive animal in Kyle Edmund, I don't see sort of life and death type attitude to 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 winning points. Now he wanted the win. He didn't want the moment. That wasn't what today was about for him. He wanted the the straight sets scoreline. He'd have, you know he'd have taken four, but the moment that he lost set three, it, well that wasn't happening. I mean he he actually did quite well to just sort of hang on with his tennis in order to to keep it respectable in sets three and four because he he had got. Uh, we were talking about saying, saying, you know, does somebody need to bring him a chocolate bar or something? He looks like he's got a sugar low. He looks mm. like he has no yeah. energy left at all. And yet in the first two sets, he stood up to Mr. Macho in uh, Fernando Vadasco and just took him on. And it was, I found it really invigorating to watch him. And I thought his tennis was brilliant and he should have won it in straight sets. And he knows that. But he also, unless there's something that we're missing... He shouldn't have just tailed off. Russell Fuller in the press conference asked him, these, these are similar things you said to us after the US Open defeat. And, he, and he, he quickly said, yeah, but I had tonsillitis then. That's different. So we just can't quite get to the bottom of it, other than to say it was unsatisfactory, really. Of course, he has, he has had this knee injury that might have restricted his sort of training coming in. And Yes, I think that's fair to point. But it, it, do you get the feeling that he's sort of wanting everything to be perfect in his mind? The perfect preparation, the perfect f- um, physicality, the perfect sort of injury-free s- state of mind. And I'm not sure anybody ever has that, you know. Top players are you. always playing yeah. in, in pain. Preparation is rarely perfect. 
Um, you know, you, you can't come into every tournament having just had a, a brilliant off-season. I, I feel like, look, I, I hear all the things that he's not happy about. I imagine that's really frustrating, but that is being a professional tennis player. The other thing I do think is possible, he didn't allude to this, but he was asked about whether it was mental. I'll come back for you. Uh, and, and by that, I took it to mean, and, and when Marian Bartoli was talking about it, that when he took the fall and he suddenly lost that break you said yourself he's not going to win from here it was like he had a little bit of a jolt of his confidence completely and stress built and stress can sap you of your energy and I wonder whether that's what happened out there we've seen that with, we used to see that with Andy Murray quite a lot didn't we he would panic when he felt a, tot- a, a twinge and, and actually it would turn out to, to not be much over the course of the match but for for a set or something afterwards you'd see him in a in a in a state of sort of quite theatrical panic um, about the situation but mm, that's true I forgot about that and that might have been it but there was nothing theatrical about the state that that Edmund was in today. I don't know. It was really... How are we supposed to know what's going on if he doesn't know what's going on? I don't think he does. No. And yet we know he can win gruelling matches because he did it in Australia in that run that time. Yeah, I don't, it, it baffles me that he's so down on his physicality. Am I, I mean, I remember standing... I actually had to go and stand in a nearby car park because it was too hot to watch the latter stages of... Oh, yeah of Carl Edmonds I think second round match it was on like a 40 degree day it was really windy it was a really bruising um, macho performance from Carl Edmonds that I think it was five sets he certainly played a couple of five setters during the course of that run to the semi-finals and I've no doubt that he's continued to work just as hard in, in, in the last 16 months or whatever it's been I don't know why he's got it in his head that physical endurance is an issue for him. Mm. Well, it's his whole thing, isn't it? He is such a hard worker. And he was asked in that press conference whether he felt like he needed a rest. And he said, oh, no, no, I need to, I need to get back and work. And, you know, that answer was questioned and said, oh, well, wouldn't a rest do you some good? And he kind of said, oh, uh, are you an expert kind of thing? Oh, and this old chestnut. It, There's a lot... There's a lot of that now, isn't there? <laughs> but, Chippiness. But I, but have you done it? I, I'd be pretty chippy if I just lost in five. <laughs> but I just, I just oh, always have. Really annoying. I always me. have those Andy Murray words from. I think it was Melbourne this year, wasn't it? Ring in my head when he said there were times when I did work too hard, and that does worry me with Kyle Edmund. Yeah. But, uh, Possible. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hello, Tennis Podcast listeners. David here. Now, you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well, that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. What else has happened today? Uh, Novak Djokovic has just won 6-3-6-2-6-2 against Dennis Kudler, so he's through to the next round. Karen Hatchinov has uh, dashed the hopes of the Fever Tree Championships winner Feliciana Lopez. Confirmed that Lopez wasn't ever in the mix, sadly. That was a really good match. Mm. Um, the final game in particular, Lopez saved, I think, three or four match points with sort of brave serve volleys. The and crowd was so... In- there so was so much love for Feliciano Lopez. Yeah, there was. And, in, in Britain. And fair play to Hatchinov, who's looking more like the player I thought he would this year. I mean, he's not quite had the results to back that up, but just the experience of watching him play is what I was expecting. Proper clash in styles. It was mm. just a joy to Apparently watch. Apparently his it? wife is just about on the brink of giving birth so extra bit of Hatchinov drama wow. in the mix the day off he's going to rush off <laughs> to go to the birth and then be back maybe who knows with the newborn uh, Simona Halep has come through a three setter 6-2 in the third against her compatriot Mihaela Buzanescu that was a good match as well yeah uh, there's loads of good matches you know some of them not, well, not all of them are been dramatic but they've been good matches but Halep now plays Victoria Azarenka oh yes please she was so good today mm. she lost the first two games and won the next 12 and then she won the next uh let me do a quick bit of maths nine in her doubles she won she won 21 games in a row at one point today um, <laughs> alongside Ash Barty yeah presumably. and they won six one six love so her aggregate score for the day was 24 games won and three loss she's the new <laughs> Carlos Bernardes apparently <laughs> it's being dubbed a moral bagel moral if, double if, bagel moral, sorry moral double bagel <laughs> plus a bagel and a half on the side yeah, yeah by the sounds of it uh, I, I had Halep in my final I think why oh, did I not go. I don't know what an what a terrible mistake I think Azarenka's winning that do you yeah I do okay. she was brilliant today Kevin Anderson 6-4 in the fourth over Yanko Tipsarovic oh I watched this one um, as well the end of it Margarita Gasparian mm. who remember her the six foot Russian with a fantastic single handed backhand and she had that 
lovely run a couple two or three years ago and then she had 18 months of injury hell and today i'm afraid she was playing wonderfully mm. against Salinas for Selena 7-5 five all and then I don't know whether it was cramp. I think it probably was, but the concern was that her knee, which she'd had the surgery to, had given way again. And she just sort of hit a serve and then just collapsed in instalments to the ground and, and just couldn't carry on. Uh, so Svitolina threw Milos Raonic, a straight sits winner over Robin Haase. Yeah, Raonic, a pelka. It's, 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 it's on. I tell you. Someone, David, is going to have to cover that for Five Live. Ball by ball. <laughs> the queue wouldn't be as long as the one that we're experiencing now for that match. I yeah, think. surrounding us. Felix Auger Aliassime has won in four today against. Is it Corentin Moutet? Moutet. Who, who's Conqueror quite, of Dimitrov. Dimitrov. Who's quite fun in himself, lefty. Um, but it just it feels so normal, doesn't it, to say Felix Auger Aliassime's into the third round? It feels right. But. You know, let's let's not forget that he hadn't even won a Grand Slam match before this week. I've been thinking a lot about the fact that he uh, is the fourth favourite for the title because it is amazing. It is it is amazing and ridiculous, is but really? also not necessarily wrong. And mm. I think I think the reason he's being pitched as that is because he's probably the only person left in the draw now that believes he can beat. But no, Kyrgios. Sorry, Kyrgios. But. Kyrgios aside for myriad reasons he's the only person left in the men's draw that believes he can beat Djokovic, Federer and Nadal and everybody else in the draw has this 20 years worth of accumulated mental baggage against them I wonder if Thomas Fabiano believes that he can beat everybody since that he's now beaten Stefano Tsitsipas and the 5 foot 8 inch man from Italy has just beaten the near 7 foot Ivo Karlovic in the fifth, and he, six four, and he beat uh, Riley Opelka at the Australian Open. Fabiano, <laughs> so he's got this great record against giants. But yeah, back to back five set wins, and a literal but, giant killer. But it's the Not it's literal. it's the kind of result that again, unfortunately, brings into focus what an opportunity it was for Edmund. Yeah, it, the, it really was actually. That's the other thing that is kind of disheartening you know and he knows it he knows what a what a chance he had here um, Daniil Medvedev weaving his way through the draw yes he's won David three Goffin four. next yeah. which is another sort of a match that probably wouldn't necessarily pull in people from outside tennis but if you're a tennis fan that is a match that could be really really good did you, did you hear about the matter of fact shade that uh, oh you've you tweeted it it was i learned it off you matt uh <laughs> which was carolina pliskova's uh, response Amazing. about shay suay who had won through today and tell us about it matt well yeah shay against flipkins was just a joy it was just you know slicing and dicing and both opponents sort of befuddling each other and conchita martinez pliskova's coach was watching it and then Pliskova thrashed Monica Puig and will now play uh, Suwe Shea. And she was asked, Have you, do you ever practice with Shea Suwe? And um, Pliskova said, uh, no, I don't, I don't practice with her because in practice you want to play normal tennis. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the sort of thing she says about me, Catherine. It, it, was, it was the kind of comment that a lot of people were calling sort of disrespectful. But no, that is the ultimate compliment. Yeah, and it's... Who and wants it, to play normal tennis? And she is blunt like that, Pliskova. And Actually, equally... I quite like to play normal tennis. 
equally, it makes sense. Like, Pliskova wouldn't want to practice with Shay because no. it would completely throw off her rhythm. I imagine Shay does struggle to find practice partners, in all seriousness. Mm. You I know, mean, so some, some, some players are more in demand than others. Daniela Hantikova um, could never find a practice. She, she I mean, we're going to get her on the podcast and I'm going to grill her on this, but she says she never lost a practice match ever really ever <laughs> she just comes and out it was well known and nobody wanted takes people no out. actually sorry it's the reverse of that everybody yeah. wanted to practice with her because she was the ultimate test in practice she wow. said in practice I was world number one so it is the, the, the politics of practice. practice partners is a really a really big thing lefties are always in high demand but I mean, I've been campaigning for my rematch with you for five years, and you just say, th- "I don't, I don't want to play that sort of tennis." Against no, you. I don't like. I don't want to play pushes and slices and dices. I want somebody that hits a lovely clean ball like a ball machine that enables me to respond in kind. I can do that <laughs> if, um, if you buy a ball machine. Yeah. Some, oh, we've got somebody <laughs> telling us all about the queue here. Let's hear all about it, shall we? Five pounds to go and see Coco Goff. One all against Magdalena Rybarakova. Two one, in fact. Very excited. Right now, what's happening tomorrow? Has, any, has there been any other drama before? I look at the order of play for tomorrow, Matt. Have I missed out any little storyline tidbits uh, that have taken your fancy? I've I picked Yastremska Grand Slam too early, <laughs> again. What does that mean? So I picked her in Roland Garros to reach the quarterfinals. She crashed out in the first round. Right. Here, she's into the third round, beat Kenin today. Oh, that's Ooh. a good win. Really good win. Yorker champion. And it was a really good match, a fierce, flat hitting. And she's now got Goljevic and then probably Wozniacki to reach the quarterfinals, Jastremska. So just oh, watch out. That could be happening. Yeah, yeah, it could be happening. Yeah, so whoever Matt picked this week yeah. is going to have the most amazing US Open. <laughs> Uh, so look out for that. You haven't gone for any no, I youngsters. No, I've, no darlings for no, Matt this I've, tournament. I feel like I've learnt my lesson, or not, because I should have just stuck by your strength. I'm, I'm too fickle. Yeah, you are, aren't you? Although uh, Kuzmova is out on all fronts. She yeah, lost in the doubles today. <laughs> yeah, she's uh, she's feeling the feeling the, the the kind of downer that Matt has put on her by not believing it's in her anymore. It's the weight of expectation. Yeah. Uh, so tomorrow, Kane Ishikori starts <laughs> centre court. I mean, this Everyone's heard that he's interesting now. Because of his underarm serving. He's going to underarm serve on centre court tomorrow. Against Cam And Matt Norrie. and I are going to punch the air. Yeah, because it's all because of them. I mean, nobody could quite believe when the order of play came out that Kane Ishikori had got the nod over Roger Federer for centre court. I mean, and not just Federer, Federer against the Brit. Yeah. Like, that is... It is it's a weird order of play. I don't think it is a weird one, uh, actually, that much, because I think that they, they want to make sure they put Federer on court one yeah. and they think that he's going to take out Jay Clark, unlike Kevin Anderson a year ago. They, yeah, they want to put him out there on a match where there's absolutely no risk of him losing. Sorry, Jay Clark. Although, I, and I, gen- plan, I genuinely I think. do think this is, this is also true, that I think that the gap between centre and court one is much narrower than it was a year ago probably the, not in Roger Federer's mind though I'm not sure he hasn't about won that. any titles on court one he hasn't lifted any trophies on court one kind of cool to play on it with its new fancy yeah, roof he, he'll have a go and it'll be fine he'll be pleased to be back yeah. on centre yeah <laughs> you two I know it there's no royal box I can imagine on the court number one well and yeah as Catherine said he's got no his last memory of court one is losing on it and yeah. So they they give him the world number one. It also looks a bit with the court. I mean, the the structure is marvellous, but the court itself, 
I've no idea whether it's affecting how it's playing, but I'm, it doesn't look up no, to Federer's it's got, standards. It's got slightly weird stripes on it, hasn't it? It has. Someone said it looks like they need to sort of replace the ink cartridge. You yeah. know when you you know when you print something <laughs> and it sort of comes out with little lines all over it because the ink's low. Yeah, and it, it looks is pretty. Like that. It's pretty torn up at the baselines mm. as well. I'm not sure if it'll meet requirements. Did you hear about Jay Clark uh, not playing mixed doubles with Harriet Dart? Uh, yeah, because- I mean. The whole mixed doubles draw was just the most wonderful sort of Love Island-esque saga. Harriet Dart's not too pleased, I think. I imagine not, no. She reached the semi-finals. She's been ditched for Coco Golf. It's all so great. Venus Williams, Francis Tierfo playing together. And that, Do you that, watch Love Island? That, I, I don't, but I'm okay. aware of its work. Right, OK. <laughs> I've been hearing about it secondhand. I've, I've don't know what's going on with it, but anyway, I'll it was it was trailed, it. wasn't it? It was every, so everyone knew about Andy Murray and uh, Serena Williams playing together, and then sort of these rumours started spreading before the the draw was mm, released that there was another that there was pair. another pair that was just as exciting as Andy Murray and Venus Williams. So obviously, my mind went to Jamie Murray and Venus Williams, yeah. and also to Sitsipas and Osaka. Those are the only two conceivable options that I thought could match Murray and. And Serena. It turned out to be Venus and TFO, which is which is good. You were underwhelmed, weren't you, Catherine? <laughs> when you're thinking Osaka sits a pass, yeah. yes, I was underwhelmed. Uh, no, TFO, who was sitting in Monica Puy's box today. All family. Oh. If we're in more potential tennis Love Island news. Well, oh. or than not, he's got a, he's uh, he's got a quite a serious girlfriend, I think, oh, according okay. to his Instagram. Oh. I've been monitoring. Not that I know anything about it, but you know, that's what I saw on his picture. Anyway, uh, that's all I We've know about. We've been unable it. to substantiate the um, Halep Del Potro rumours that we started in Paris. So <laughs> yeah, we should probably move on. We are, rumors, we are the we? worst at rumours in the world, I think, because we don't know what we're, we're basically see about. people together and create a rumour out of it. <laughs> Uh, so ignore that bit. Uh, Katrina Siniakova against Johanna Konta will follow. She's tough, Siniakova. Uh, she's really tough. Mm. She's, I mean, she, one of the coaches was telling me that she will just stare you down if you're in the opposing coaching box. She'll just give you a death stare whilst she's on the court against your player. Imagine that. <laughs> <laughs> so she's playing Anna Conza tomorrow. Uh, so watch out Dmitry Zavialov. That's coming your way. Uh, then it's uh, some bloke Nick Kyrgios against Rafael Nadal. Who's going to win that? Rafael Nadal. Rafael, I think Nadal will make it physical enough that he can win. Ooh, I'm going to... You I'm think Kyrgios. I'm going to think about it. Oh. Like, watch out for the newsletter tomorrow is all I'm saying Mladenovic uh, will it's start the first time they've played since the shade was thrown yes the salty super salty yeah uh, Rafa and uh, all that um, so yes as a reminder we give our daily prediction of the day Matt Catherine and myself <sighs> in our newsletter uh, I'm it's winning already two, a write off I got one today did you? Okay, so I'm still in the lead, everybody, uh, having got my first two of the week correct. And uh, Catherine's rolling her eyes. I'm not even first looking at her. Tomorrow. But, yes, you can go first tonight. I keep there you go. picking injured. <laughs> yeah, so you want to literally lame ducks. Sign up to our newsletter if you'd like to receive them into your inbox every single morning. And do tell everybody about the tennis podcast that you know, including all these people in the queue that have just gone out of the way at the exact moment we're about to finish the recording so all the noise is gone uh, and so we've got Mladenovic against Kvitova tomorrow that's a good match isn't it if Kvitova's fit it is who's going to win that if Kvitova's fit Kvitova mm. but she did say at the start of the week that 
she might not be playing if it if it was another event yeah. other than Wimbledon, which wow. did worry me. But she, she had a good yeah. win in the first round, so hopefully she's fit. We've then got Jay Clark against Roger Federer. Then it's Serena Williams against Kaya Yuvan. My goodness, there's some Grand Slam titles on court one tomorrow, isn't there? 43 plus how many's Kvitova got? Two. Uh, how many Miladinovic got in the doubles? She's got a couple. It's about... 48 slam titles over there on uh, court one. How many Serena's got in the World number one well? is on court two. Yeah, world number one Ash Barty first up on court number two. I mean, the problem is I'm not 100% sure who I would change in that order to get her a, a, a centre court or a court one assignment, and yet it feels Conta? wrong for her not to be on a show court when she's the world number one and the French Open champion. I mean, obviously TV, British TV have wanted Conta on centre, but I think, you know... Yeah, I think I would probably switch out the, the counter match for Barty. Or maybe you just, sorry, Kane Ishikori and Cameron Norrie, yeah. you're, you're out. Uh, let's get Ash Barty on, yeah. on the centre court. Uh, we've also got the defending champion. Yeah, sorry, champion. what am I talking about? <laughs> Kane Ishikori. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, Kane Ishikori. Angelique Kerber is also on court number two, who's the defending champion in the women's draw. That's third on. Dan Evans is on court two. Great ticket, court two tomorrow, I'm telling you. Uh, potentially the last match of Marcos Bagdatis' career yeah. as well. Oh, yeah. He's last on. Uh, and then Sloane Stevens on court three. We've got Marin Cilic on court 12. Harriet Dart starts the play on that court. My goodness, tomorrow's going to be amazing. And Murray Herbert, uh TBA doubles, not before 5.30. So that will go on uh, centre court or court one. I think for health and safety reasons, it pretty much has to go yeah. on one of those two courts. I would expect court one to go a bit quicker than centre mm. and it'll end up on court one, probably under the roof, but we'll see. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's about it, folks, for now. Uh, yes, Coco Goff hasn't finished. We'll cover her match tomorrow if it feels like it warrants it 3-2 as we speak to you on serve but we will be back with another tennis podcast every single day uh, matt is pointing out a score of madison keys 6-2-4-2 down against polona herzog i think which... she might be in my semi-finals madison <laughs> keys that's She's rather alarming I, i've had an absolute shocker so far in the predictions of the tournament i think we all have stop laughing uh, and yes, we will be back with another one of these tomorrow. Tennis podcasts every day throughout the Wimbledon Championships and at the US Open later in the year. Brought to you in association with The Telegraph. Executive produced by TennisBalls.com with our mascot, Rio, with a Y. Yeah, tell people about the show so we can get more listeners because we love it. And we'll be back tomorrow. Bye. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.